I'm Carrie Brett, and this is Shot at Love. Today's guest is Erin Washington, and she's a lifestyle blogger, podcaster, and the author of the book, Squat to Margaritas, A Journey to Finding Balance, where she shares her story of how she overcame an eating disorder. And after struggling for two decades, two kids later, playdates, and happy hours, she finally has the best body of her life. Erin's mission is offering tips and support for women who feel alone in their struggle, working out and not seeing results. 90% of women aren't happy with the way they look or have negative feelings around their self-image. Weight is one of the main reasons people hold themselves back from dating. When we come back, Erin will share her advice around getting in shape and feeling good about yourself so you can take the dating world by storm with confidence. You won't want to miss it, so stay tuned. Erin Washington is a wellness blogger from North Virginia. She's a former college athlete who struggled with her weight and body image for 20 years. Erin promotes a balanced lifestyle of squats and margaritas and offers tips and motivation to women who are doing the work and are frustrated by the results. Erin was a high school standout and went on to play at the collegiate level. After graduating from college, she moved to Washington, D.C. to work for the Washington Redskins, where she met her husband, a former linebacker for the team. In addition to raising a family and staying fit, Erin has been a contributor to Scary Mommy, Chowhound, and Northern Virginia Style and Living. Today, Erin's going to share with us how she found balance and lives her best life. Welcome to the show, Erin. Thank you so much for having me, Carrie. I'm so excited. I read your book a long time ago, and I i don't know where, I think I saw one of your posts, and I thought, because I follow you on Instagram, and I thought, you know, <laughs> she would be so good, and I meant to write you a while back, and your book is super inspiring, and you're even surprised that you wrote a book. Can you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I am super surprised that I wrote a book, especially a wellness book about women finding their best selves, because I struggled, uh, like you mentioned, actually for 20 years with body image and eating disorders and just no self-love. And I finally got it together at 36 after having my kids which I feel like is a point where women start focusing only on their kids. And it's kind of like, well, now I'm a mom, you know, my kids have to be the priority. So it's kind of funny how when I had less time to be in the gym and focus on myself, that's when I finally found my best body. So I did it wrong for a long time. I found a formula that worked for me and I wanted to share it with a woman that was me 10, 20 years ago, um, doing it the way that I was doing it, frustrated because they're working out all the time, not seeing results eating the way that they're supposed to eat and not seeing results. Here is the way that I did it. And basically the formula, um, I had to do it. I had to write it to the woman, you know, that was me. Right. Right. No, I, I love this. And it's interesting to me because you're so pretty and you were homecoming queen twice. You had (laughs) the grades, you had, you were the star athlete and yet you had all these things, but you didn't feel good about yourself. Mm -mm. I didn't see it. Like, I, looking back, writing the book, I realized just how much soccer, like playing soccer was like my worth and my value. I, I don't know why I thought about it before. Like I played since I was four, I did a lot of other things, but for me, how well I did in soccer and the awards and accolades I got for soccer was my worth. And all the other things were fine. Um, you'd think, yeah, I was homecoming queen and prom queen. 
And I, I said in my book, I would have relinquished both crowns just to make sure I had like a great college soccer career, because for me, for some reason, that was my value. And I wrote this journey project that we had to do in high school that I read often now. And it's just like, I feel so sad for the girl that wrote that. Cause I, I didn't care about anything else. Like soccer would just like creep in. I was just like, I, I pray to God, I will just have a ser- like a, um, successful soccer career. And we had to say like, where do you see yourself in five to 10 years? And it was like still working out in soccer. And I was just like, Whoa, like I was so, I only cared about that. I didn't care about anything else. And I just, I didn't see all the other things like, yeah, my classmates were voting me homecoming queen, prom queen. And I didn't care. And if you don't see it and you don't feel it about yourself, it doesn't matter. It has to come from you. And so again, soccer was my value. Soccer was my identity. And I ended up playing um, in college and I'm a firstborn perfectionist, obsessive person and trained like a crazy person going into my freshman year, came in and like won all the fitness challenges. And just, I felt like more dedicated and focused than anyone else was about it. Cause I, and it did get to a bad point. Like I am too obsessive. I shouldn't have been that way, but I wasn't playing and I wasn't used to that. And I felt like it wasn't fair. I also figured out I have a lot of problem with fairness because <laughs> I've like <laughs> quit jobs that I didn't think were fair. But anyway, um, I quit soccer and just kind of on a whim. I was like, no, this is this isn't fair. Like I'm not playing. And Carrie, like that losing that soccer identity, like everything went downhill for me. Like I went into depression, um, multiple eating disorders, um, mainly bulimia was the one that I struggled with the most. And it was just something that I could control, I feel like, because I couldn't control soccer anymore. And it was like, if I'm not playing soccer, like what else? That's all I have. Like, that's who I am. And I, I couldn't get out of this like funk and depression. And once you are in the grasp of an eating disorder like that, it's all that you think about all day was like binging and purging. And I hit it from, I lived with five other girls. I still lived in the soccer house and as important if it, as it was to me, like I would, it would kill me. Like I would see them go to games or go on away trips and I would just like stay in the house. And I started just eating a ton. I gained a ton of weight and I did finally get like the bulimia under control and started living with what I felt. And I feel like women are taught is the right way to lose weight and be healthy doing cardio all the time and barely eating. Like I would only eat salads. I would never snack, you know, calories in versus calories out. And I was 20 pounds heavier than I am now and living by what I believe women are taught. You know, you don't, you just eat salads, you don't snack less calories and you don't lift because men are the ones that are in the gym lifting. You just sweat and go on the cardio machine. And I was starving. My body was starving for how much I was working out and holding on to everything I put into it. So everything I was doing to lose weight was working against me. I was so stressed out, stressing my body, frustrated, And when you're stressed, your body produces cortisol, the stress hormone that makes you hold on to fat. So it was working against me. I wasn't eating enough to fuel my body. So it turns off and it basically just tries to keep you alive. So I wrote my book to the woman who is on the cardio machine every day, like freaking out because you can't find a gym or you can't get a workout in on a vacation, like cannot like obsessive about it. Will only look at the salads and the, uh, on a menu out to eat is skipping snacks and living her life hungry and frustrated. Here is what I have found. And I wrote the book to show like, it's exactly the opposite of what women are taught. And it now I'm 20 pounds later after having two kids, I truly enjoy my life by living with balance, 
Um, I'm in the gym four times a week, I'd say for like 30 minutes where before I would do an hour, seven days a week. You couldn't pay me to take a day off. And I lived my life hungry. Now I eat all day long and I just do the complete opposite. I lift heavy, like women are not taught to do. And I have been able to maintain this, like I said, through two pregnancies. So I had to write the book for the woman that doesn't know this yet. <laughs> right. No, it's amazing. Yeah. There's a lot here. I mean, I think yeah. about <laughs> when you're really good at something, it can be like almost a curse in a sense. Mm-hmm. And when you have this ability and you're the firstborn, I'm the firstborn too. And oh my gosh. so I understand I, I was good at photography and that I drove myself so hard. It yeah. was by the time I was 30, I was like full blown midlife crisis because I wow. went so hard in my 20s. And if you really want to be successful at something, you have to dedicate. So mm-hmm. in writing the book, you were like, wow, this is really that soccer piece. When that was taken away, yeah, you just sank. Like everything that you thought was good about you was gone. Yeah. And then, and and I felt sorry for you when you said, you know, I couldn't even go to the gym where the athletes went. No. And I felt, I'm, thank you. Cause I'm like, people are going to be like, oh, you couldn't go to the gym where the, but like, (laughs) it was such a blow to me that like, I worked out for the first two years in the athlete building and then I had to go to like the student rec center and I wasn't an athlete anymore. And I'm glad you brought that up. I talk about this in the book too. I got into a relationship in the midst of my depression and my eating disorder. Obviously, he didn't know. He was like, he was it. He was like the big man on campus, like the star. Um, and I validated myself by like dating someone who was important and I knew he was cheating on me. And as disgusting as that is for me to even like say right now, that's how low it was. Like I was so depressed and I had no self-worth because of my weight. Um, I should also say like, I don't know if this works this way for everyone, but bulimia doesn't make you skinny or it didn't make me skinny. It makes you bloated and puffy. And I look like I was in like a a fat suit of my body, like just because you throw all your hormones off when you're binging and purging. So you're not, I I used to think like, oh, you're bulimic. You throw up your food. You're probably like super skinny, way opposite for me. So I hated what I saw in the mirror. I was depressed. And this guy was showing me attention and it was like, well, important. He's important, important people like me. So he's cheating on me, but you know, at least it gave me like validation and it's as a mother of a daughter right now, like it just breaks my heart. And I almost feel like for that girl, like it breaks my heart for her. I I don't even feel like that was me. Like I've completely re-identified myself and like, I value myself now, but I think back and I validated myself by somebody who I deemed important and other people thought was important liking me. And because I didn't like myself. So you, when you don't have that self-worth, you look for it through other people. You look for other people to validate you and, I, I don't even know, I don't know the answer to this, but it it may have been my initial draw to my husband. Like, as you mentioned in the introduction, he was a um, NFL player and maybe it was the same thing. Like I was still coming out of my depression. I was 24 and it was like, Oh, look, he, another important person. Like if I attach myself to him and he likes me, then I'm important because I didn't have that self-worth. Right. And it's so sad to think back on that. Yeah. But this is, there's 28 million people who have are affected from, yeah. from an eating disorder, you know. And you, you know, what's funny about that, Carrie, that's diagnosed. So nobody knew I had an eating disorder. Right. And so how many other people like lived their life? I didn't know anyone that had an eating disorder when I was going through it. I feel like it is more talked about now, 
but this is like 20 years later. But when I was doing it, I wouldn't tell anyone because it's shameful. And I like, you don't, it's disgusting. I don't want people to know what I was doing. So I never admitted it. So 28 million diagnosed. So how big really is the problem? You know, people don't talk about it. You can tell that you're very passionate about this and this (laughs) is their calling. And, and I feel sorry. I do feel sorry. But, you know, I feel like in your twenties and in college, like we're all a little lost. It's true. And and so much of our identity is around friendship. So now if you take your friends away because you took soccer away, you were totally isolated. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And eating disorders thrive in isolation. Right. Like there was nothing for me to do. They would go for weekends and I was just like, I don't know. I think it didn't even start as like binging and like, so I could throw up. It, that just became like a routine. And it was just like something that my body would do. And I would feel like I got everything out. I felt like I went to bed and I felt skinny when it, even though I wasn't, it was just like this ritual and routine. But before that I started doing it, throwing up because I was gaining weight and like looking back on it now, like, yeah, I'm a division one weightlifting and strength program, you know, seven days a week in college training with a trainer to cold Turkey stopping soccer. And I would just like go to the student rec and do like 40 minutes on the elliptical. And I was eating the same way. So obviously I gained weight because I wasn't working out anymore. And like, honestly, like for the, for the games, I wasn't playing in the games. So I started gaining weight and then it was like, well, I have to get rid of it. And again, bulimia did not make me skinny. Um, and it was just like, yeah, everybody doesn't have to be obviously like soccer. It was soccer for me, but like the loss of a relationship, um, the loss of a job, anything that you identify yourself with and it's taken away from you, even though it was by choice for me, Mm. An eating disorder can creep in on a, in a place like that, any kind of identity change. Absolutely. And that's what happened to me. Yeah, loss of a relationship. I mean, that Yeah. That can really do a number on you. And, and if you're in a dysfunctional relationship, that <laughs> also feeds in isolation. Yeah. And it's, so it was... <laughs> people don't want to talk about it. They can't talk about it. They hide it. Mm-mm. I heard on a podcast where you said your book – People find your book who need it. And that's amazing to me. I I love that thought process around it. You didn't know you were going to write this book and you hire this coach. And she's like, okay, you're in in a way. I mean, it's a little harsh, but she's trying to say, I don't want you to put this money into this book. That's not going to sell. Yeah. And being thin there's a lot of people who are thin, right? There's a lot of trainers. There's a lot of people who are wellness bloggers. So the truth really was your story. Yeah. And I wasn't telling it. Like, I I think I, that was the podcast I was telling this. I, I I wanted to write this book. It should have been called to the, what shouldn't I almost was called to the woman working out and not seeing results. I was like, my purpose is that I have found a way to do this, like by lifting heavy, eating all the time. We can get into it like specifically, but I want to help the woman that was me. And she was like, I get all that, but why would anyone listen to you? And I was like, well, she's like, you have abs. Like, look at this cover. And I was like, oh, these are new. Like this just happened at like 37. And she's like, why would anybody listen to what you're saying? You're not a trainer. You're not a nutritionist. Like you figured this out. And why would anybody believe you? And I just kept saying like, oh, trust me this is a new thing. Like this has not always been the case. And I wouldn't even tell her Carrie, like at this point Mm. I wasn't even, so this is 15 ish years removed from it that I'm talking about it. If I was trying to write, write the book five years prior to that, like, I still don't think I I was going to take it to my grave. 
Like I was like, why would I, at least I could stop doing it. Like no one will know about it. I didn't want anybody to know. So I wouldn't even tell her. And she's like, I just, I don't think you have any credibility. Why would anybody believe this? And I kept fighting her and I was like, no, I just want to help women. And then one day I just was thinking about it. I, I was like, I'll just write it and I don't have to share it with anyone. I didn't even send it back to her yet, but writing it on paper, it was out. And I felt lighter. Like it just felt like, okay, it's out. And I sent it to her and she was like, this is your book. And, and she's like, this has to be your book. Like now, of course, like you figured all this out after all the, the years of, and I mean, in high school, we didn't get into that. Like I was anorexic in high school because I was equating thin with good for soccer. So I'm thinking I got to run fast and be thin. I would barely eat. And then I was again, this bulimia in um, college. I went through exercise bulimia, which is like working out the same exact amount of calories that you take in. I dealt with so much of that depression. And I mean, 20 years from 16 to 36, I was a mess. Mm. And I had to write this book to any woman that's still in that and feeling the frustration, like you're doing the right thing and, or you lost your identity. You can come out on the other side and here is exactly how I did that. Right. And if you can do it and find it, it's never too late. It's never too late. Like you can make a change. You can make shifts. You can, and it's not that hard. I mean, like you said, you have cocktails every day. You do. Good for you. And you, I, you eat what you want and yeah and I am first of all I'm writing I'm a wellness (laughs) wellness blogger I'm teaching women to find their best bodies when I was crouched over a toilet most nights throwing up so anything that you're in now you can come out of and what's so funny about this is I was so obsessive and I worked so hard to lose weight seven days a week in the gym only eating salads I would make myself take naps so I wasn't eating and I was starving and I was miserable and I was 20 pounds heavier. Now I eat all the time. I enjoy cocktails every day and I weigh less. And honestly, it sounds contradictory. Like that can't make any sense. But on my podcast, I'll have like trainers come on and they're like, exactly. Like you have to fuel your body and have abundance to be able to lose. And if you're not having abundance of calories coming in, your body's like, oh, we're starving. She's not eating. Or in my case, she's eating. Is she going to throw it up? Your body has to like trust you and be in sync with you. Mm. And as long as as calories are coming in and you're eating all the time, it's like, okay, great. So it burns them. But when you're not eating enough, it's going to hold on to everything. And it's, it's called reverse dieting. When I started eating more, which a trainer at my gym was like, I see how frustrated you are. You're not eating enough for how much you're working out. And I had a, a scientist, she wrote a book, um, like women are not small men. And she's basically like all of the fitness industry and the diet industry, when they tell you what to do, they're talking about men and men like being in the gym seven days a week, like women are over exercising and under eating. And she's like, thank you for writing your book, like helping her spread this message that it's not about cutting your calories. You can eat, eat often, and your metabolism will turn back on and start trusting you. You don't need to be completely stressing your body out seven days a week in the gym. And the other component about like the ca- the cocktails it doesn't have to be a cocktail for me. It is a spicy margarita, a glass of wine. Um, it could be a chocolate chip cookie, whatever you want. You can't deprive yourself of it. Have it every day. Don't have it after every meal, but have it every day. So you don't feel deprived. And then you don't stop your healthy lifestyle because before for me, I was always on a diet and it was like, I'm eating so clean for like six days. And then you have a cookie or something. And I'd be like, well, I blew it. I might as well eat the whole box of cookies because I blew it and I'll have to start over on Monday. And then 
I would give myself permission to eat bad the whole weekend because I blew it. But now it's just like, if I have a cookie, I always have something sweet with my coffee. Then I won't have like a snack or something like a treat after lunch. If I have some margaritas with a friend at happy hour, I won't drink wine at dinner. But every day I have something that I want. I never feel deprived. I make smart swaps throughout the day. Like I won't eat the bun on my sandwich because I want the fries or I want a beer with my sandwich. But if I'm not having the beer, then I eat like, I I don't need the bread on the sandwich, but I need the fries. If that makes sense. Mm. So I don't feel deprived. I didn't get a bun. I got fries. So it's like, I make these little swaps during the day. I balance it out with what I really want to have. Um, and I, so I don't feel deprived. I'll never quit on it because it's not a diet. It's a lifestyle change. And I weigh less now enjoying my life more in the gym, less and a, a nutritionist was saying, cause your body's not stressed anymore. You're enjoying life. Your body is just kind of like back to homeostasis. It's not stressed out. It trusts you that you're going to eat and your body starts working for you when you live that way. It's true. I, I know myself when, if I went through a bad breakup and then, then I dated multiple people that didn't work out and I would fluctuate so much and it was stress. Like yeah, I, exactly. I, I'd be like one month I'd lose like 28 pounds and I'd be like, what? how did that even happen? And then I'd be back up, you know, and mm-hmm. it was, it's awful when you don't feel good about yourself and you're dating. Yes. Oh, it's so you can't. hard. And you expect people to let you down. Like for me, I didn't feel good about myself. I was 20 pounds heavier. And I'm not saying like you, you should feel good about yourself in any body with my eating disorder past. I've learned that like, I'm not completely healed mentally. And admittedly, I feel better about myself when I'm in my best body. When I'm in good shape, it's hard to get me down about anything else. I started dating my husband when I was not, I was 20 pounds heavier. And because I didn't feel good about myself, I projected that onto him. Like I was always like making sure he wasn't cheating on me. Like right when we started dating, I was like, Oh, he has to be like, cause in the NFL, I don't know how they ever did it, but they had like a player's parking lot. It was supposed to be families and players. And they had like these little bands, but somehow these beautiful women were always in there. I don't know how they got in right. some kind of hookup, but I'd be like, as soon I, I write about that in the book too, we'd have like the best uh, weekend, like best night of Friday and Saturday, like have a great weekend. And I would just start feeling depressed on, on Saturday night. Cause I was like, tomorrow's game day. And there's going to be so many beautiful women. And I would project my like unconfident self onto him. Like, is he looking at these other girls? Like, are they waiting for him? And I would just start, he was like, I am not cheating on you. I break like as soon as he was in the shower, I was in the phone because I was like almost expecting him to cheat on me because I didn't have the self-worth and I didn't feel worthy and confident because of my weight. And I feel like a lot of women feel that way. And that's what holds them back. And like, yeah, you talk about like dating apps and you have to put out pictures and stuff. And you feel, if you're not feeling confident, you're not, I don't know. I almost feel like until you can get yourself in a place where you feel confident and like this new respect for yourself that I found now and self-love that I've just found that I'm about to be 40. I don't even know, like, I don't think you're ready to be like that. You need to work on yourself before you put yourself out into the universe. And like, especially the dating universe universe. And my husband always says like, you, you don't meet a person on like a dating app or when you first started dating, you meet their representative and mm. it's like the person that's like telling you exactly what you want to hear. And he, he like thinks about it now. Like he'll be like, I thought you liked this movie. And I was like, what? Like it's some like war movie. I was like, I hate this movie. And he's like, but when we dated, like we watched it and I was like, I've, yeah, I was like, whatever you want. <laughs> Cause mm. I was like, you met my representative. Like I was trying to like mold <laughs> myself into what you thought I want. I love 
that. Like, I love that food. And no, watch this movie because like, I didn't have any confidence in myself. I wanted you to like me, but now it's like, now that I'm confident in myself, if I was on a dating app, I would project confidence and like security. And I would attract a person that I actually want to to do the same things with and stuff. Like, obviously like I love him now and I'm glad that I, whatever I had to do to like hook him in at first, but it's been 16 years. And back then I just, I wasn't confident. Like I just would say whatever he wanted to hear. And I was so worried about him cheating on me because I didn't have the confidence and that came back to my body. And until you feel good in your own body, you're going to project not only like your insecurities with like cheating, but your frustration onto your partner. Like I was just always just short with him and just like, what? And, and it was always because I was frustrated in my body. And now like nothing really gets me down that much anymore. I mean, I have a three-year-old son that is a psychopath, wild man, (laughs) cutest thing you've ever seen, but just does ridiculous things that he shouldn't do. But that's like the only stress that I have. Like he, I don't, I don't have that underlying stress of my weight anymore because I dealt with that. And once you just, whatever it is for you, if it's weight or some, something that's making you feel insecure, focus on that, take that out of the picture and then present yourself to the dating world. And you're going to attract exactly what you're looking for. I agree. I agree. Well, you have to give yourself some credit too, because dating someone in the NFL, I mean, men think football stars are superheroes. And so I get it. Like it's challenging. Mm -hmm. And that brings a whole nother bag of insecurities, I guess. You had to adjust to learning to that. Like, are these people really friends with me or do they want tickets to the game? There's all of that you have to navigate. And and that isn't the norm. So I can understand why your insecurities was amplified for sure. But I will say this because I dated with a baby and I dated with a teenager. Wow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Do not recommend either. <laughs> Noted. I'm gonna write that down. <laughs> and I also dated super thin and yeah. not. Mm-hmm. And but even when I was the thinnest I ever was, I should never have been that weight. I still didn't yeah. feel yes worthy. I still didn't and feel. I thin. feel like you should say that too. It's not about thin. It's about whatever, however you feel confident because for like, I mean, I was anorexic. I look back at pictures now and I'm like, oh my God. And I still didn't think I was thin enough. And I remember we were playing in the state championship and I had weighed myself that morning. We won the state championship, but I, and you'd think soccer, you know, I Mm -hmm. won in soccer. Everything's great. I remember my weight and I was still like, I was feeling bad that I weighed a certain amount that morning. And now it's like, before growing up, the ideal was like a Kate Moss, like stick bone thin. That was what I was trying to go for. And now I'm like in the gym squatting and doing hip thrusts and all these things to like grow my butt. Like I want, cause now it's like that physique, like I want curves and I want to be strong and I want to have a big butt and legs. And before I would just, I wanted to be stick thin. It's like the ideal changes, like aesthetics change on like what is beautiful. And I feel like Mm. I don't know, like a Kardashian figure and Lizzo, like different types of body types are celebrated and whatever you feel comfortable in. Like I, like you said, I, when I was super skinny, I still wasn't confident either. I had to find now I'm strong. And I, I think being in a strong body, not a thin or a, like a heavier body, but like that for me, finding like strength and like strength training and lifting that, like whatever, however you feel the most confident. Cause like you said, like thin didn't make you feel any better. No, it made me look older and just I just looked not good and it was my sisters who who 
who would say like, you know, they'd use like an actress who went too far. <laughs> and yeah. They're like, yeah. What is this? My my mentor used to call it like the mannequin version of me, and I he, yeah. he'd be like, "Oh, the mannequin's here," and I'd be like, "Stop it!" I know. And it hurt but my feelings. But then it's like you're probably getting like, were you getting any kind of like praise for it though? Because I feel like when I was, it was like, "Oh, if somebody said I lost weight, I was like, oh, okay. I would just like come alive." Like I wanted people to like confirm it. If I knew I lost weight, but like nobody was saying it, I would just be like, "Well, why is anybody saying I look skinny today?" Like I was so I was obsessed. Yeah, I mean, I think I just felt so badly, and I had the bottom fall out with relationships yeah. that I just kind of put so much emphasis on like the outfit or how I was going to look. I really put a lot of effort into going on these dates. Like I would get a spray tan and a blowout. Like it was ridiculous. Yeah. And, and it's not the outfit. It's really not. No. And, and people put so much emphasis on that. And I can say, because I live this, I I, like I said, I dated with the baby and I dated with the teenager. I dated 20 pounds thinner, 20 pounds heavier. It didn't matter. Did yeah. not matter because they liked you or they didn't. Yeah. And, and if you want to stay with this person, are you going to get a blowout and a spray tan every time you see them? Like no. at some point, don't you want to like be with someone that likes you? How do you look normally? Because you're not gonna be able to keep that up. So if you're presenting this like Barbie doll, then you're going to have to like do that for a while. <laughs> it's exhausting. It, it really, right, it's it, exhausting. it is exhausting. And it's, it's now I just feel like now that I'm 48, I'm like, I don't even, <laughs> yeah, I, I know, uh, but I really feel like, and I've heard this from people and it really breaks my heart. Like if some, there's a lot of jerks out there for sure, but there's a lot of nice guys and people say stupid things and, the, and a lot of people say superficial things and they're, they do it from insecurity or maybe they're just mean. <laughs> but I've heard people say like to someone else, like, oh, you're heavier than I thought or you're curvier than I thought. Oh my God. Oh yeah, it's awful. And it's like, they show me the picture of the guy and I'm like, do you have a mirror in your house? Like, I don't even know how this yeah. is happening. <laughs> <laughs> right like women are held to this like impossible standard totally. that could be a whole nother episode and then, yes totally ridiculous. and then they go off the dating app and that person wins and it infuriates yeah. me because why did you allow this person to have that much power and so there will be people who say things like that yeah and you have to be in a place where you're like wow that I can't believe I just paid for a babysitter to go on a date with this guy you know it's, yes it's hard but you have to just be like enough because you don't need to be in this dating like fighting shape to get out there you don't yes and do you feel like it comes with age just like realizing that because I'm just I'm about to be 40 and I'm just realizing like like if I feel like if I was dating at this point I'd be like well that was a waste like I, I it'd be like it's him not me because I finally found this confidence but before it's just like oh you always just like think the other person is almost like better than I had no confidence and really like no respect for myself like I was just like oh like I didn't, didn't want to disappoint anyone and now I'm kind of just like like if it didn't work out like bye like it, moving on and I just started feeling this way this episode of Shot of Love is brought to you by Akal Chai Rum. Akal Chai Rum is the world's first botanical rum. Recognized by the government of Trinidad and Tobago as having the first new production process for rum in over a century. Akal Chai Rum is an officially protected trade secret. Only the second such protected process in the Caribbean since the famed Angostura bitters by Don Carlos Siegert in the 1870s. Akal Chai Rum is available in 44 U.S. states on chairum.com. Also available in the Republic of Ireland on Stuff You Need. Ie. Try some today.
Do you feel like, like I think, age? I, uh, <laughs> a little bit of age. I think a lot of heartbreak and setbacks and struggle <sighs> and things not working out that and how you sabotage yourself. Like you really yeah. do. People really, there are a lot of people listening to this episode or will be listening to this episode who literally think they need to lose weight. Like they're listening because they're like, I can't wait to hear Aaron tell us tips about a squat. Like yeah. that's what they're they're like. What is the secret sauce, right? But yeah. and I can tell you that, but you're not going to feel whatever it is for if that is if weight is your problem and your issue that looms over you. And for many women, it, and for me, it was. Mm-hmm. Then I can tell you how to change your lifestyle up a little bit and show you how I lost weight. But I, this sounds like the wrong thing, but I have to be honest, like losing the weight because that was the issue for me did change my life and make me find self-love. And it shouldn't be just about weight. And I know that I have a lot of work to do mentally on that because I had my eating disorders. I don't abuse my body anymore, but I feel better when I am in good shape. And if there's someone else listening to this, that feels the same way and is frustrated Mm -hmm. and is focusing all of their energy and efforts in a, in the wrong place, like doing just only cardio, not lifting heavy, um, because they don't think they don't want to bulk up or something like I can debunk that myth for you, or I can tell you drink more water and have what you want and don't deprive yourself and don't live obsessive about working out. Because again, that we already talked about the stress is going to make you hold on to fat. I can give you little tips like that, that really did change my life because fitness, like being in good shape did make me feel better, but it may not be weight for you. Like you said, like when you, you thought you needed to be skinny, you got super skinny. You still didn't feel for every, it's a different thing for anybody, but like my thing was my weight. And if there is something that is causing you constant frustration in your life, that is what you have to address. Maybe it's just like unfinished business with someone. Like you feel bad about something that you haven't like apologized for or something, whatever you're thing that is causing you stress and to hold on to stress, you have to address it. And there's, it's cause it just, you'll feel lighter. Maybe it's a secret. Like I was never going to tell anybody I was bulimic, but I did. And now I share everything and it feels like everything else is just so trivial. Like I'll say things with my, I don't know. I'll be like, my period's really weird. My husband's like, okay, thanks. And I'm like, <laughs> Oh, so i like, sorry. I share everything now because I'm just like lighter. Like I got yeah. my big thing like conquered. And now it's like, life is just better and things are just trivial. Like things that I used to stress about because I fixed the thing. Yeah. So what you, anyone listening to this, you know what you're thinking of right now in your head thing, well, address the thing. And yeah, you no. feel, it's yeah, tr- it's true. So Whatever it is, it's going to give you the best shot as far as yes. finding love. And yeah. I think my friend, my mentor, he'll say, I, I lived with money and I lived without it and I'd rather live with money. And I think it's the same thing with being thin. I prefer that. (laughs) Yes. And so I think people prefer that because like you said, you feel better and more confident. So if that's the key, then do that. If that's going to be, don't think it has to be thin. Yeah. Like doesn't, I I agree with you. I'm strong now. Like I, again, like me trying to build my butt, you could not, like my 20 year old self, like trying to get a butt when I would just like look in the mirror and just wanted to be straight up and down that thin, like, and you mentioned too, you were thinner and you didn't feel better. It's just feeling even just like, like I, I, my weight loss came with weight training, like lifting heavy, but I will just go for a run because I feel 
the best of my day is coming back from a run. I feel it's like the endorphins are flowing. I'm like more locked in with my kids because running makes me feel good. So it's not even just about a weight loss. Do something for you that makes you feel good every day. Maybe it's a margarita. And that's why I like squats and margaritas. Like if I get in a workout and I have a cocktail and those two things are not being taken away from me, like I'm good. I live with balance. I, I go hard in the gym four days a week, have cocktails daily, not too many. And the other part of that is because I have cocktails daily, I don't ever like overindulge. And before it would be like, I would have like cheat nights or like drinking nights where I wouldn't drink anything all week. And then it was like Friday night, you drink like a bottle of wine because you didn't get drink, you didn't get to drink all week. And so you have to like get it in. And it was just, if you live with balance, there's no like overindulging and not feeling good the next day. You have what you want. You don't overindulge you start enjoying life again and you're going to present the best version of yourself and you're not going to take like whatever somebody else is giving you. Like before when you, when you don't, when I was dating somebody that I knew was cheating on me, like you'll find your worth and your value. And then when that is product, like brought out to the world, you'll find the right match. Like you just have to address the issue, whatever it is looming over you address that first. And then, then I would say, look like move on for a relationship. I agree. I would say, hands down, the biggest thing when dating is worthiness. Yes. And so what women tend to do is knock themselves out to try to make themselves more appealing so that the guy likes them versus looking at this person going, is this guy worth my time? Yes. Right. You're just trying to be present like so that they accept you. And it's like, shouldn't you be evaluating them as well? Like you have worth you matter yes a hundred percent agree and there's only one you on these dating apps so I just I really feel like it comes down to worthiness and whatever is going to make you feel better about yourself and I think with you where you know you because I'm the oldest too so this level of perfection and 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 that journey and and I I feel like the 20s are such those are difficult years and then when you had your children things are in perspective. You're like, okay, you start to talk like your parents, like health as well. Like, you know, like (laughs) you you start to really value what's important and all the other stuff gets stripped away. But then once you let go of this humongous secret that was damaging you in a sense, and then you we're free with that. And then you're like, I don't even care. I mean, that's why people yes, like your podcast. Is stressful. People yes. lo- love how authentic you are. They love, people love like imperfection. They love people who are relatable because no one's perfect. Perfection doesn't exist. And so yes. once you could just be yourself full tilt and do the podcast and write your book and go live on Instagram. Now you're just like, you, you and yeah. It's cool. It's it's what that's it, what it is. I would never like tell anybody about any like you. I always want to like project like this perfect version of myself. But like you said, yeah, when you give, when you say the big thing, which for me was my eating disorders, then everything else is trivial. It's like I'll do embarrassing TikToks and stuff. I don't take myself as seriously and as I did when I had that secret. So if there's something that you're holding onto, like life can be lighter. <laughs> right. And you just made me think of something too, just back to the fitness thing, when you're saying like, now you're a parent and stuff. I had every, all, all the time in the world to go to the gym when I was in my twenties. And it was like, that's when I you think like you could be in the best shape. Cause like, you don't have to pick up your kids and you have all day to work out. I found my best body at 37 after having two kids when I have less time to focus on me. So at any point, 
you're not too old. You know, you can change your life. It's not too late. Like you can do, don't give yourself the excuse of like, well, now it's, I could be like, well, now I'm about to be 40. Like, I'm just not going to be in great shape anymore. Cause I'm going to be in my forties and you know, I've, I've got two kids. Like I don't really have the time that I had. No, you can. Right. And here's exactly how I did it. <laughs> right. That's my, my purpose. Now I know that I went through all that struggle. It sucked when I was in it and it was very isolating, but I went through it so that somebody else won't have to. And I know that I'm supposed to share this message And like you said, it will make it to the people that are supposed to hear it, regardless of me self-publishing it. Like I couldn't get a publisher and I was like, no, I'll I'll put it out myself. And it does, it makes it when I get a message from someone that's like, I feel like you're talking to me. I just describe like I'm kind of OCD and I have to like, I just share everything. And I think when people can see themselves in that, like it will make another woman not feel alone. And I've done my job. Right. That's a great, that's the true measure of success. I yeah. I agree, and I find my podcast so rewarding, and I I get calls and texts every day that I change their day or their weekend because of an episode I put out, and it makes me so yeah. happy and so fulfilled, and yes. it keeps me going. It keeps me going. Yes, it, it's, it's the best. It's it, so fulfilling. It is fulfilling. So <laughs> you talk about your younger self. What advice for someone who's younger listening and is looking for love and is dating, what would your advice be for your younger self? That you matter and that you're more than just a number on a scale. Get off the scale. Like that number would determine my worthiness like every single day. And I would weigh myself every single day. And it was like, if I had gained, I was having a shitty day. It didn't matter if it was an ounce. Like, how did I gain? I was supposed to lose. That weight and that number dictated my self-worth. You are not a number on a scale. Take care of yourself and know that you matter. And just don't like, I don't know, like, I, I wish I could go back and and just tell myself that like you matter. Whoever, like, I would always validate myself by like famous people and like athletes. Like, look at, look at this guy. He's really important and he likes me. Like, and I'm his girlfriend. No, like, why wouldn't somebody want to be your boyfriend? Like mm-hmm. you matter too. And like, you need to see that. And other people saw it obviously like in high school and I didn't find that my worth and my value. And it was because I was living with a secret. And if I could talk to the person that was anorexic and throwing up her food, like as shameful as it was. And I, I'm sure if my mom would have confronted me, I would have just denied it. There is help. You can get help and you can get over the shame, like go and get help so that you don't lose 20 years of your life to this disease. Like if you are struggling with an eating disorder, you can get it under wraps, you can get treatment and it's not something you'll deal with in your thirties. And for me, I I was so prideful and I didn't want anybody to know what I was doing. So it was something that I dealt with for 20 years and you don't have to do that. Address it and just live the rest of your life lighter. No pun intended because get off the scale. Wow. I love that. (laughs) That's great. Lighter in your, in the sense of just feeling lighter. Right. Get off the scale. (laughs) I love it. So what would your advice be for someone whose confidence is totally shot? They don't have a shred of self-worth. Would it be motivating them to work out or what would you suggest? Yeah. I mean, working out. Yeah. It's the endorphin. It's not the, it's not working out because you're going to get this weight loss. Like weight loss obviously is a benefit that can come from it. You will feel so much better when you move your body. And a lot of moms that listen to my podcast are like, when do you work out? And 
finally, after a year of COVID, my kids are back in school. But if you don't have that time, like in your kids are home with you, set an alarm. As much as I hate to do that, get it in early and it will set the tone for your day. You just, I feel like that's the best part of my day, finishing a workout. You'll, you'll feel like on a high and you start feeling better. You'll want to do it more often. And then you start feeling better in your body. Maybe again, get off the scale, but maybe your clothes will start feeling like fitting better and you, you feel better in your body and your, I don't, your day goes better. Cause you're not like struggling and frustrated about this situation that, you know, you're frustrated about for me, it was my weight. So I would say do something for yourself every day that you enjoy, whether it's a workout, maybe it's taking a bath, reading a book, um, do it first thing in the morning. So you set the tone for your day and then it won't be something that you, you know, don't end up doing cause there was no time. You got it done. Endorphins are flowing and you'll, it, you'll set the tone for a better day and a, like a better personality, better attitude. And then that's what you're going to be putting out in the world. And I believe will come right back to you. I love it. And you don't need to go to the gym. Like, no, you do like I, squats. You. you can squat bottle, a case of bottled waters. I found that during the pandemic. Cause I was like, what do I have around the house? Cause my gym was closed. This like 40 pounds. And I picked up a case of waters and I, I mean, don't do that if you don't typically work out, don't pick up a case of, of bottled waters, but if you were typically lifting at the gym or you can find things that are like 20 pounds, like around the house. And I'll even like put my kids on my back and squat or like when my son was a little bit um, smaller, like I'd lay down and like almost like bench press him and he's cracking up laughing, totally engaged with me and happy that I'm paying attention to him and I'm squeezing in a workout. You don't need to have a gym and you don't need an hour. Like you can just... I mean, I could just jump down and do like 10 push-ups. Like I'll try to do like 50 air squats with no weight. And then, I mean, that takes like a minute or two and then do that a few times during the day. You don't have to carve out this hour of time. So it's not as daunting. Like, well, I don't have an hour, so I'm not going to work out today. Break it up and you don't even need weights. You can just do body weight stuff. Like if, if there's stairs in your house that you can run up and down the stairs, you don't need a gym and you don't need an hour. Now, if you were going to work out, say, COVID style in your yeah. house, how how long would that be? Like a half an hour? Yeah. And that's all you need. Like, and I'm telling you, Carrie, when I have on, I've had some big uh, guests that are like big in the fitness industry. They have the most, in my opinion, the most incredible body that I'm looking for, like t- muscle tone, strong, like they're thin, but they're muscular. And I'll be like, how often do you work out? And they're like, oh, most days, like maybe five days a week. And I'm like, for how long? Like 20, 25 minutes. And I was like, what do you do? And they're like, lift. And I was like, well, then you go for a run. They're like, no, they don't do any cardio. They mm. just do body weight exercises and, or like they'll lift. Like if you can, if you have access to a gym, but you don't need to, you don't have to put this focus on for me before it was an hour on a cardio machine. And that did nothing for me. When you put muscle on your body, it's the most metabolically active tissue in your body. So even when you're not working out, you are burning and you'll start feeling hungry again because it raises your metabolism. Your body will start working for you. When you put on muscle, you will not get bulky because the women that you're picturing that are bulky eat a very specific way and train a very specific way to do that. Like it's not going to happen to you naturally. You will finally get that tone by focusing more on weight training um, and not so much on cardio. And again, it doesn't need to be seven days a week. It doesn't need to be an hour. And I know, I realize I'm not a nutritionist. I'm not a trainer. So on my show, I will bring on trainers and nutritionists or people that just look incredible. And I'm like, what do you do? 
and it's always the same. Barely any cardio, like maybe a couple times a week, they'll run for like 10 minutes for a warm up, and they eat all the time and they lift heavy. And 20 minutes, 25 minutes a day, that's all you need. And I did not do it that way for so long. And I was putting all this effort into the wrong thing. Wow. This is so good. I love this episode. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad you called me. Me too. This is good. I need to like listen to all your episodes. So oh, I love that. This is great. So we got the squats in and I want to talk so to end it. I want to end with the margaritas. Yeah. So if people had too many margaritas on a date, what would your tip be? Ooh, like for the next like, day. Um, oh yeah. Oh my God. Do you understand? Like I used to live in DC and I was on like Fox five doing hangover remedies on New Year's day because people ask me, they're like, what do you do? Like everybody goes out on New Year's Eve. First of all, the way you're feeling is because you're dehydrated. So water, water, water and drink water during your drinking. Like I always drink like a bottle of water or a glass of water if I'm out with every cocktail. So if I have like two or three margaritas over a few um, hours, uh, I also am bringing in the water. The other key is drinking a bottle of water before you go to bed and eating before you go to bed. It's always like even like bachelorette parties, like nights where I drink way more than I typically do. It's always key that you eat before you go to bed. And the people that stayed up, you know, some people go to bed right away. They're tired when we get home and I'd be like, no, sit up and eat a sandwich or something. And the next morning, like all the people that ate felt fine. And the people that didn't, like, we're feeling it the next day. So you oh, want to stay hydrated, a bottle of water before you go to bed, and um, make sure you eat. Eat while you're drinking, and then eat right before you go to bed, and then you'll feel better the next morning. Amazing. Move, <laughs> you know, move <laughs> your body, maybe sweat a little bit, but the, re- the reason you feel that way is you're dehydrated. Okay. Water. Great. <laughs> Amazing tips. Thanks. <laughs> so, Aaron, thank you so much for inspiring us today and sharing all your suggestions and tips and advice around fitness and wellness. Where can people follow you or find out more about you? I'm Squats and Margaritas on Instagram, and my website blog is squatsandmargaritas.com. And my new podcast is wherever you get your podcast, and you'll never guess what it's called. Uh, squats squats and margaritas. margaritas. <laughs> <laughs> you can't miss me. <laughs> awesome. Well, you are the best, and I'm so grateful for your time today. Thank you so much for having me. And for now, this week's Shot at Love tips, which are inspired by our guest, Aaron Washington. Number one, when you feel your best, it will shine through. If you don't feel that great about yourself, Fake it until you make it and know what's inside matters most. Number two, when dating, pick an outfit that you feel good in, that's flattering and feels most like you. Number three, weight can affect how we feel about ourselves, but if someone likes you, they'll find you attractive and want to date you. Number four, whatever you do, don't talk about your weight while out on a date. Your weight may be a big deal to you, but not at all to your date. It's not about fitting into your skinny jeans. It's about finding a person who's a good fit. I hope you found some of my tips helpful this week. This is what Shot at Love is here for, to help you find love. Keep up the commitment to yourself and commit to helping someone else by sharing this podcast. Remember to stay safe and stay tuned for more episodes. If you like this show, please subscribe and leave a five-star review. I'm Carrie Brett, and we'll see you next time.